0: Iron for him. They're gonna go nuts when he hits this thing. Amazing. Yesterday's price is not today's price.
1: Yo yo. I'm Joe Idoni. Welcome into the Preferred Lines podcast and live stream. Um, we have an incredible show lined up tonight. The band is back together. We're going to be breaking down Tory Pines and the Farmers Insurance Open Field course preview. Give some picks to win. Um, we would be remiss to mention that the show is proudly presented to you by Roto Baller. So here's the deal right now. I don't even want to like give you guys my own promo code that I legit get credit for. There is a code right now. Let me share my screen. Hold on just a second. I just had this up. New. NEW. Doesn't get much easier. 30% off the Platinum PGA package. That breaks down to $17 a month throughout the season. That is $4 a week. That is, without a doubt, the best deal I can promise you in the entire industry of golf subscription sites. You get access to all of Byron and Spencer's models. data um, game logs, course, pre course predictors, like everything. You get all four of my pieces a week, the entire team, there, full on access, like $4 a week. You cannot possibly beat that. Thank you to the people at Rotoballer for constantly supporting this show. And I appreciate them. They've got the PGA show coming up next. If you're starving for golf content, there's only one place to be baby. And that's right here. Um, Look, let's not even waste any more time. The man is fresh off a flight from Las Vegas, Nevada. The co founder of Preferred Lines, back in the saddle. Cheers to today. Cheers to us. Chad, what's up, brother?
0: Dude, Golf Gambling Club. I, we didn't even plan that.
1: Didn't even plan it. I mentioned earlier today in a tweet that I am just, I have some retro shirts. Like, I've got a box over here of some stuff that didn't sell. I'm going to give it away if you want a shirt. Uh, I'm going to pick a few people from the chat tonight. Make sure you're subscribed to the channel. Drop your Twitter handle in the comments right now. Do that on YouTube. Because if you do that on Twitter or anywhere else, I don't see it. Um, make sure to do that on YouTube, and I will pick a few people to send you a lovely uh, Preferred Lines t-shirt. What's going on, man? How was Las Vegas?
0: Dude, this is a tall task to ask me to come do this after having spent f- three days away from my family and they're right here uh, waiting for my assistance on bedtime routine. But Whoops. Hey, no, hey. Uh, oh, my gosh. little hungover still. Kind of got the sweat still from <clears throat> consuming dozens and dozens of beers, uh, but ultimately had sweats not only from uh, staying up late gambling, but from a lovely dude, has has airplane, have airplanes gotten smaller? It,
1: uh, I was uh, I can't
0: I just get claustrophobic on airplanes now, and it's just the worst experience. I, I haven't flown for a while. It's in the back of the plane, sweaty. The
1: experience has really, really gone downhill. From nickel and diamond on the fees to you got to pay for everything now to the seat <laughs> arrangements. Um, air travel has been brutal. <laughs> what hasn't been brutal, dude? You're like a big time, big money gambler now. <laughs>
0: no what the house bet with like the uh are you talking about my bankroll and my house bets i'm talking you about your
1: bankroll out there in vegas you're putting down 500 single game bets you're fucking high rolling slots what are you up to dude? oh no no
0: okay back up back up before they start making me out to be some high stakes player not this dollar arcade or uh, quarter arcade player that i am um <clears throat> i wrote some stuff down to make sure i covered it all because it was fun okay so first of all if When was the last time you were in Vegas? Because things have changed, my friend.
1: Uh, January of last year. It's been a calendar year.
0: Okay. So I I haven't been there for several years, like over a half dozen. Um, And I was able to uh, bring myself to one of these new shops, these these dispensaries I've discovered. Okay. Uh, So that was quite interesting to start my trip. Uh, Have you ever been to what's called Planet 15? No. Joe. It is literally the apple store of marijuana it's incredible okay so now i take a cab to my from the airport to my hotel and the guy's like planet for 15 is a scam you know it's too big and they just will guard gouge the tourists and i'm like oh really okay so i went out of my way and like googled the mom and pop shops and kind of got some reviews going and, and decided no i'm listening to this guy i'm not getting swindled so i went to a, a hole in the wall place which it was okay or whatever got what i needed but then my buddy comes into town and he's like no let's try out this planet 15 it's let's go see this tourist trap out there and it was nine in the morning bro when we got up we're like what else do we have to do let's go check the box and go check this thing out it was remarkable i will highly highly recommend this place highly it was spectacular but, huh don't, don't bother with the mom and pop you're you may pay a little tax because this place is amazing but just do that okay first of all so we did that we're all hyped we're waiting for another friend to show up before this first game starts mid afternoon in vegas time so we're killing time a little bit outside the sports book and we're you know telling him hey meet us here it's enormous in this place so we're like we gotta stay in one area but the game's about to start he's like take it forever so we tried to find a tv and in these there's different parts of the casino and part of the casino that we were in had like a private room area with slot machines and so i was like what are these fancy slot machines in here (laughs) but what was great about it is that it had tvs in there whereas most of the areas outside didn't have any tv show in the beginning of the game so we're like, oh, cool, okay, we'll just sit down in here, and we'll catch the game, and he's going to come right by us, it'll be perfect. And I noticed this slot machine, what? I'm not a slot guy, I, don't, I, I can count on how, like, maybe five times I've, I've pulled the crank on a slot machine. Yeah. So I, I see the slot machine, I'm like, cool, we get the spot. I put in a 20, and not even enough to play this the one role of this slot machine. So then I'm like, I am contemplating at this point. Should I hit the cash out button and just have the piece of paper that says 20 and go get it back? Because I'm like, damn, I'm not paying $20 for a slot machine. But I did have a a crinkled up $5 bill. So I was like, all right, whatever. Try to put this thing in. It's like taking forever to suck this $5 bill and finally does. And the game's about to start. And I'm like casually like this. I press the button. I'm not kidding you. Six total times. All of a sudden, the, the machine lights up. And it's showing 1550 And I'm like, 1550 And then it starts to like add up my dollar amounts. And I'm like, is oh, wow. that how much I'm going to win? And then it's like doing the little light at the top. So so I'm like obviously celebrating because it's like I'd press a button five times and made $1,500. And the guy like with the uh, official you know, security outfit on,
1: yeah, comes out,
0: yeah. makes me sign something, brings me the cash. And he's like, he's like, have you ever hit a jackpot before? And I'm like- One hey, pull, yeah. this is one pull. I I, I, I literally pressed a button six total times Ew. and, and $1,500 showed up. And the dude's like, have you ever hit a jackpot before? I'm like, yo, I I can't even remember the last time I played a slot machine. And so <laughs> we're in, we're, we made 1500, so we're already, this is like, you know, midway through the first day had a successful morning. And then we're out before the games even go off. I'm like, uh, I'm up pretty much as much as I was going to spend the whole weekend. So that's why the bankroll just got up a little bit more. So what happened was then I'm like the guy that's buying rounds and I'm the guy that's picking up the dinner. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the next day we were, we were on the fence if we were going to reserve one of the spots in the book, because they allow these like VIP areas couches to be purchased. And so it was $170, per, or $175 in minimum food and beverage per person. What book? Yeah, uh, Aria. Okay, cool. Yep. I think they're all pretty similar. I don't know. We, we we ventured the first day around, but then the second day we just wanted to sit somewhere. So we're like 175 bucks. But then after we hit the jackpot, we're like, sign us up for $175. So, okay. Now, I'm on somewhat of a little heater here. I got the little uh, motivation from the morning. We're... Carrying that through to the slot machine. And then in between the two games, you know, we're uh, we're in Vegas, winning Rome, let's throw some uh roulette wheels. I again put I I God, what did I put in like 60 bucks to this thing, or maybe not even, or like asked for $60 in chips, and I'm and I'm putting it around the 23. So you can do like the corners, and then you put it on twenty three. Yeah, sprinkling. Th- th- I did it three times. On the third time, it hit red twenty three, and I cashed out four hundred bucks. Wow, <laughs>
1: heater, dude.
0: Yeah, so it's was red twenty three, uh, slot machine guy. I don't know. Oh, okay, continues. Ready? So then the night goes on. We've now we've reached the point where uh, the other game has started. The Niner game has begun. Uh, we've done our dinner thing. We're doing our. Uh, we're having fun. Uh, but. We have to go from this book to our hotel. I don't know what we're doing. but So we had to get no cab, which is fine because everything now streams on my phone. So I got my phone out. We're streaming the Niner game. Uh, it might be the second quarter at this point. I can't remember, but whatever. So all, but we're down the strip, you know, it's an action everywhere. And so we look up at the bar and they're all cheering and we got, we, we see a red Jersey number 85, like celebrating the end zone but we're like 10 seconds, 15 seconds behind. And I have the, you know, Kittle first touchdown. That's (laughs) literally the only bet I made Uh, on first touchdowns all weekend. I did a lot of like anytime touchdowns, but my sister happened to like meet Kittle's wife at some point, like two weeks ago. So then I was like, oh shit, I'll do this for my sister. And then we're celebrating. We're yelling out the cap, Kittle first touchdown. So I won a couple hundred bucks on that. So that was like, yeah, crushing it. You like that?
1: Love that, dude. I love a good Vegas story. They never get old, especially the winning ones. What I found from my history is my first trip out there was hugely successful, and none of them since I've ever gone back have been. So, good on you for having that trip. Did you catch any golf while you were out there?
0: That's the problem. Is Actually, uh, we were focused on other sports at this point, and I didn't even. I, I don't even know if I saw Dunlap swing the club like straight up. Is he a lefty? Is he righty? Like, okay, well, Dunlap's righty. The whole thing.
1: He is uh, awesome. Let <laughs> yes, me pose you cool. this since you didn't see any actual swings. Um, if you were Mr. Dunlap today and you had the option of going back to Alabama. And continuing your college career, you had the option of immediately turning pro and being exempt into all the signature events and the Masters and quitting school, or you had the exact option to probably take a phone call from Greg Norman and get like twenty million dollars. What are you doing?
0: Are they really going to offer him twenty?
1: I don't know. I I just threw that out there, but they're no. Calling. I think there's an over under calling.
0: that. That's the decision. Is the is the over under? Is it like seven and a half? Like yeah. I, I don't know, but so then again, 20, like four years, he, people money is only gets you so far in life. So I probably, I probably do withdraw from the Farmers Insurance Open like he did, and I go party with my boys, and then I say, "We're good, we're good here. We can get our degree another day." These college chicks, they are nice, so, you know. They they only stay that age for so long, yeah. but same time, you gotta get your dream going on the PGA Tour. Go out there for sure.
1: Cash it in for me. It's like. It's about probability of success in your career. Like, you can have failure. There have been bust outs. Our boy, Wolf. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, there's been situations where it hasn't worked out, right? Mm -hmm. But your most likely chance of success, if you play the cards based on probability, like a lot of people sit there at the blackjack tables in Vegas with the little cards out and they stick to the schedule. The schedule says turn pro now you're 20 years old take your advantage cash it in get in the signature events for 2 years and 10 year 10 years from now in 2034 the kids he the bulk of the PGA tour will be guys that he's in college with now they'll be corn ferry tour guys right now or they'll be like middle kids that are in middle school and high school right now so take 10 years of PGA tour status and playing mm-hmm. experience and all that and cashing in and try to become one of the best players in the game. It's about probability and I think that the best move for him and his highest chance and rate of success is to play early, right? Play with the big dogs. It's like when you're like a really good like 7th grader at basketball, like if you go play in the high school league, you're it's going to be tough, mm-hmm. but ultimately when you're a junior senior in high school, you're going to be so much better.
0: Oh yeah, you have to do that. I
1: agree. Yeah. Um, other questions uh, so it was an interesting what happened was there was this interesting conundrum with pressure right and we we used to love talking about like guys who deal well with pressure so to start the day there was so much pressure pressure on this kid right an amateur playing in the final group with justin thomas and sam burns and he's got this massive lead and can he possibly hold on with the weight of the world on his shoulders and everyone watching him and obviously he's not he's playing with two top 10 united states golfers like these are Ryder cup players these are legit pga tour winners justin thomas has won majors and All of that pressure is on him. But what was interesting was Thomas faltered a little bit early. He put it in the water on a couple par fives. And on that back nine, I felt the pressure switch, right? Hmm. All of a sudden, who's the pressure really on in that situation? Is it on the young kid trying to get his first win with nothing to lose? Or is it on a top 20 player in the world trying to beat the young kid with nothing to lose and a complete amateur player who he's tied with. So it was interesting kind of how that unfolded. I don't know if that's what got to Sam Burns late, but he washed a couple balls on 17 and 18, Mm. and the kid made an incredible up and down and played 18 like a pro. He played it like a pro. He wasn't going to miss left. He put it in the right rough. He got himself in a position to get up and down, and he did
0: it. Dude, there's so many players that are 10 years into it that still choke. Even with four-stroke leads, you want to get the dog in. So I feel like you got to – I mean, that alone will build on itself for this kid's career because he's – I mean, a lot of the people, they they need to get into these situations multiple times before they they figure out their their breathing or just the right club to pull with the adrenaline. And if he can do that, I feel like that is just going to – that might just automatically make him better than the rest of his peers for decades.
1: Yeah, there were a ton of like veterans who just kind of melted. Cantlay was plus four on Sunday. He was in contention. Xander kind of got out of it and then backdoored his way into a top three. JT went in the water twice on par five. Burns Ooh. in the water twice. Um, the kid said pressure is a privilege, and he certainly sort of lived up to that and, and definitely embraced it, I think, better than some of those premier players on the PGA Tour did. This is kind of... An interesting event because we've got word a few weeks ago that the Farmers is out as sponsor. I've been kind of workshopping this take with with some of the people that I've had on the show the last couple of weeks. And it seems like the sustainability of these sponsors in hosting PGA Tour events is starting to really wane. Right, mm-hmm. They're starting to be less excited about the idea of paying all this money, especially to get one of these signature events. But we're here again another week where we don't have a signature field. It's going to be at Pebble next week, but we've got a really good crop of players set to play. Homa, Cantley, Xander, um, these Aberg, these Morikawa, these guys at the top are showing up more often, I mm-hmm. feel like, to these type of events this year than they would have maybe the last two years. Are you getting a sense of that as well, that maybe there's a little internal pressure uh, for these guys to sort of spread the wealth and make sure that every event is well taken care of?
0: Yeah. So I've been hearing you say that and I've I've kind of been talking to the phone or radio, whatever I'm listening to you on. And I'm like, no, I don't know, because this is more like the JT at the end of July syndrome. They all saw him have to go to the 3M open and Mm -hmm. deal with the Minnesota heat. When in reality, that's the worst time to be grinding. You should be grinding pre-masters. You should be getting the work in when it's relatively not the hottest days of the entire year. So maybe this is a, a sign of like, hey, we've seen what happens to JT with Horschel. There's players that have to fight so hard at the end of the season. When if you are not in the final 50 going forward, you're totally left up behind so i think that they see it as a fedex cup point opportunity more than they see like let's help out the tour because we know these people are all selfish individuals for the most part so i don't know if i see that as much as i see it they're just trying to make sure they get some points i don't know but yeah i get what you're saying though like maybe there's that uh jay's telling them okay you three you have to do this you know because you were saying that like they kind of are mixing and matching when they're showing up
1: I think it's the players themselves, you know, so okay. they have the, the board of the PJ Tour. And before this year, the majority of the board was made up of the Jay Monahans and executives and other people. Well, what has flipped this year is now the players are the majority. So every decision that happens um, is ultimately going to come down to the players. If they all vote unanimously, no, there is no way they can pass anything through because they now have the majority with added players. I kind of think it's them. I kind of think it's Patrick Cantlay and Jordan Spieth and Tiger Woods and these players that have these important roles. Um, I don't know. I I do feel like there could be something to it. But you mentioned Justin Thomas in his season, and I wanted to talk to you a little bit about him because he had, by all accounts, a great week. A Saturday, (laughs) 61, I believe. Not a great Sunday, but made a birdie on 18. Um, He looks back. But I wanted to – I've been kind of workshopping this take in my head and no better person to sort of spill it out there to than you and Mm -hmm. the other people of the internet checking out this show. But JT has always been synonymously linked, I think, to Tiger, Mm. not in a career trajectory, but just that they're friends and they're very similar, I think, in many ways in terms of leadership and fire and that stuff off the course. I think Justin Thomas is a lot more like Phil Mickelson than Tiger Woods. And Mm. here's the reason why. Okay. Justin Thomas makes decisions that I think are questionable. There were a couple of weird lies like on the side of a hill where he's trying to hit a draw on a fade lie. He's Mm. trying to shape shots, sometimes unnecessarily. He thinks of – the possibility and not the probability Mm. of a shot. And that was Phil Nicholson. It was always what's possible, not what's the probable outcome. And they think I can hit this miraculous hook around a tree and get it on the green on a Wednesday pro-am. But can you do that on Sunday in contention? And part of me knows that that's what makes them both great in their own ways and i honestly don't think it's a coincidence that bones is on justin thomas's bag now because has bones ever been able to like call a player off a shot who thinks they can pull something miraculous off off of a side hill and not just play the obvious shot i think justin thomas is trying to sometimes do too much and it is what makes him great but i also think that he would be wise to sometimes think about the probable outcome of what he's trying to do and less about the possible outcome. What do you think there?
0: Dude, that is right on. And i was just going to Google how old JT is now because this is about he's 30. OK, so Phil, we all knew Phil was like infamous for not being able to convert a major and maybe at a point in Phil's career, he looked in the mirror and he also had to make these choices on the course and they ultimately probably cost Phil a U.S. open along the way. I don't know, but I think you're right on where it's JT is the same way that. I mean, and I think a few years ago, JT would never have admitted that he was wrong or that he would make a mistake. I think he would have like said, you know, like, Oh, I did that on purpose and it's okay. Like the food thing. We, we, we both knew that that was going to screw him up, but he didn't go. Yeah, it was a good idea, but uh, I'm trying something new. He literally admitted he was wrong in that. Mm-hmm. Something like I feel like he wouldn't have done a few years ago. So maybe we are getting to a point where this is the new JT. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think you could see that coming up in the next couple of months where JT's going to not make those little mistakes.
1: Yeah. Totally wild and unpredictable with a driver. Insane shot maker, often in an, an approach player and can dial it down his wedges to basically any speed or tempo ridiculous amount of shots in touch with the short game and a putter that gets sometimes hot and sometimes like ice cold. Yeah. That's Phil Mickelson. Yeah, like, he all is. of he those is. things are Phil Mickelson and like Justin Thomas is a lot more like him. And I think that his end career trajectory, he would absolutely take that. I, I hope that he can get himself in contention at this year's masters. I saw yeah, today, there are some 30 to ones out there. I think that if you think he's back, like I kind of think he's back, I do think that's a wise bet because that is a course that rewards that style of thinking, that kind of aggressiveness, that type Mm -hmm. of shot making. Um, and we saw it with obviously Phil's multiple green jackets. So I do think that's a good bet. Just an interesting thing that I've been thinking about for a while with Justin Thomas that um, they're very close. And I just think it's so ironic that he has bones on the bag and like he's making, you can almost see it. You can almost see it in bones face when he like grabs a three wood and tries to hook it off an uphill lie. that He's like, no, I don't think he should do it, but he knows he has no chance of talking either player out of that shot because it's what makes them who they are.
0: Dude, yeah. I'm sure if you had a chance to talk to Bones, he'd probably tell you that he has the same thought about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, all right, let me get into a little uh course preview here. I want to talk briefly about Torrey Pines. Um, we're back. This segment is brought to you by the fantasy golf pod. Chad, why don't you give us a little 32nd elevator pitch on what you guys have going on at fantasy golf pod.
0: Sure. My buddy and I, we are friends from high school. We talk through the DraftKings pricing and we bring along a friend. We've met through Twitter. His name is Josh Bennett. Josh swish who has a math brain. Cause Quagnus and I are more beer gut brains. So, uh, Wednesday afternoons, 420 eastern usually or whenever we can get away from the family and do it quick speaking of that this kid's right here just saying hi hey dude <laughs> just chilling it's almost his bedtime but yeah fantasy golf pot it's fun i mean hashtag not experts unfortunately because it's DraftKings.
1: yeah it's but. DraftKings. it's betting no one's an expert here's what i got um i'm gonna go around through my notes on tory pines let me know if you got anything to add um So the unpredictable, wild, chaotic nature of PGA Tour winners, I think probably comes to a little bit of a standstill this week. Year after year, this course brings the cream to the top. Um, Six of the last 10 winners have been 25 or less, 25 to one or less on the odds board entering the week. Two course rotation on the first two days. The south course is an extra 500 yards, um, both par 72s. One of the longest courses in the South, which is played um, exclusively on the weekend that we see on the PGA Tour all year, 7,765 yards. The fairways on both are tiny. They are extremely narrow and long, and the rough is is very penal. You see those overhead drone shots. I think I put in the article they just look from overhead like little strips of bacon in the pan that you've got to sort of hit. Um, The north course actually shares a lot of similarities with the south course, although the scoring is about two and a half shots easier because it's, you know, 550 yards shorter. Um, There is a large advantage that coincides with distance power off the tee. But I think the biggest correlated stat for me is approach in 2023, six of the top 10 players on the leaderboard gained at least 1.3 strokes on approach per round. Um, much of this is due to the severity of the rough and those around the green areas. You have to come from the fairway. Um, the average green size, I think, is made significantly smaller by the fact that players rarely come in with a wedge here. It's four or five, six iron, particularly on those par fours. The notoriously bumpy POA ANUA greens that they have here are difficult. They yield a ton of three putts more than almost any event we see all year. The make percentage last year from four to six feet, four to six feet. These are gimmies almost on the PGA Tour, was 74%. Less than three out of four of those putts go in. That is well below mm-hmm. tour average. That is the hardest short putting course that we see all year. Um, it's it's – the thing with – Fairway accuracy is I don't think it's a full-on requirement to win because I saw Mark Leishman in 2021 do it without basically hitting a single fairway, excuse me, 2020, the entire round. Um, But he barely missed the fairway, and he was able to still sort of attack. You've got to go in on those par fives. And this, from my notes, which I found interesting, don't be afraid here to take a stand on players that are back from the lead on Sunday. What Mm. they do is they make the course shorter on Sunday. Historically, they make all the par fives gettable. They want to reward aggression. They want to reward guys going for it. That 2020 year that I mentioned that uh, Leishman won, excuse me, Ron blew a big lead that year. Mm. Luke List posted extremely early in 2022 and everyone faltered. There were guys that par five finishing hole, right? These are the players. All they needed was a birdie to get into that playoff. Justin Rose, Jason Day, John Rahm, Sung JM all failed to birdie the 18th to get into that playoff. And Luke List posted early. Uh, don't be afraid to ignore those chasers on Sunday. That's kind of what I got sure. in essence for the course preview. Do you have anything to add there that you remember from sort of recent years that sticks out?
0: Well, this tournament has a soft spot in my heart, Joe. Yes. I won no. the I won the quarter arcade here. The quarter arcade. It's, it's yeah, almost as good arcade. as the
1: slot machine, $25
0: arcade. Yeah, so uh, once upon a time, I was, you know, playing for $5 a week, making 20 lineups. Uh, it really truly is a bomber-friendly place, and its course history is really stickier than some places. I don't know if that is actual with the stats, but some of the people that mm-hmm. played this well play it well over and over again. Uh, so I, I think... Um, another thing I like to say is that you try to want you want to go after historically good players. Yeah, this is one of those courses that's going that they themselves they want that Tory Pine in the trophy case. Like this isn't like the hunt. This isn't like a card tournament. Yeah, it's not a three M Open. <coughs> <Or anything. laughs> so it is not like the last few weeks on, that we've already seen where a random asshole is going to win. This is not going to be that. This is going to be stars and scrubs on DraftKings because you need the the right studs. You may even want to pepper the 8K range more than you would have the last few weeks. So I think you're right about what you said, though. I think this is going to be a fun test. I love this tournament.
1: All right, buddy. Do you got to run for bedtime or do you want to make some picks on the betting board? Up I you. think I want to hear
0: you out one minute because I think my wife can think her. yeah. So yeah, let right. me hear you out. Let me hear you out because I haven't made my any bets yet. I've just been so bet out for the last because of <laughs>
1: You're just raking in the dough. Let's get to the board, folks. Adding to the stage, the odds checker grid. Here we have it this week. We've got four guys at the top, basically at almost the exact same odds. Xander Shoffley, Torrey Pines native. You know, I pulled up a a tweet from Fantasy Golf Pod from three years ago and linked it in my course preview article where Xander Shoffley talks about Getting out of school early every day during high school to go play nine holes at Tory Pines. Do
0: you remember tweeting that? Oh, yeah. Dude, I was obsessed with watching those interviews and they would just yield these great sound bites. I'm shocked that there isn't more uh, Twitter accounts doing that. Like, or uh, PJ Tour should hire someone like me to do that for them because those are like. They just DCMA
1: you. Right.
0: (laughs) The problem. All right, Xander's the sure.
1: favorite. Tory Pines Zone nine to one. Colin Morikawa is 11 to one. Max Homa is 12 to one. Patrick Cantlay is 12 to one. You want to hear me out? I wanted Max Homa. I don't like this number. Um, I want Colin Morikawa. I don't like this number. I do feel that... I think most people just think these odds suck this week. I think they're somewhat fair because I think so much of the win equity is held in the top four here, particularly at this course, that you may have to just plug your nose and grab one. Morikawa hits 10% more fairways than tour average, and he's basically right there in driving distance. Uh, Fantastic course history there as well. Homa, on the other hand, obviously he struggled a little bit with the putter lately. Um, it's just it's an interesting dilemma with Max Homa because he's won four out of his six tournaments in his PGA tour career have come in California. Hmm. I think that he's liable to flip the putter here and did so last year in California. During basically the two tournaments in um at Genesis and at the Farmers, he gained over 15 strokes putting last year. He loves it here. The swing is so smooth and on tempo with his new swing coach, Mark Blackburn. I really like his ability to sort of bounce back. I think that he's ready to take the next step. And he had a really, really underrated end of the season where he started to come together throughout the FedEx Cup playoffs. He was the best player on the United States Ryder Cup team, let's not forget, and he's coming back to a players and a place where he's looking to sort of defend what he was able to do last year. How do you feel about those top 4 guys? Like are you inclined to go anywhere there?
0: Uh, well, <clears throat> I don't I don't know if I'm going to be in or out on the Cantley, Xander, team ever like i i just they're like top five top 10 bets but then i might want to i it feels weird to say like max Homa's the favorite and should be i know i mean i guess that makes sense
1: i had him number one in the power rankings article that i did but i put in there he won't be number one on your odds board when the odds are released was mm-hmm. kind of wrong about that. Like they're yeah. seeing it too. I thought he would be in this 15 to 16 to one range, which he still could get to. True. I don't know that a lot of people are going to be inclined to that, that 12 to one or 11 to one in some places. I cannot get there on Patrick Cantlay. He's sucked here. He has been inconsistent to say the very least. He was four over par on his Sunday at the Amex when the scoring average was well under par, um, he can't really put four rounds together right now and I just don't know about xander he's he's xander has turned it around when you first made that tweet in 2020 he sucked at Tori and yeah, I don't know if it was the pressure of hosting friends and family. And this is my hometown event that had kind of got to him, but he really turned it around here. Um, I think that he could play really well this week. It's just like, who do I feel most confident in winning this tournament right now? It's kind of max.
0: Yeah, it's weird. Like you make really, really good points. And then it does kind of feel like course history sticky. He, he's the defending kind of guy. Like he will get up to defend versus, uh, Justin Rose like missed the cut after he won the tournament because you could you could tell like Justin Rose you could go get to the event and have like 95 obligations. Whereas Max Homa has the mentality that I think, God, it's so weird to think that Max Homa is kind of like the Tom Brady of the PGA Tour. and like in the next 10 years or so, we could end up looking at Max Homa and thinking that he's one of the greatest of all time because of the trajectory he continues to go on. Where like he got drafted late, like Tom Brady style, and that guy didn't get the start right away, he was behind Bledsoe, and then all of a sudden gets these opportunities. And I feel like the Netflix documentary showed it where all his buddies are drinking beers and he's like, bye, and going to the gym. He's got the mental coach. He's, he, I feel like he knows that he's playing with a little bit of house money, being in the position that he's in, so he doesn't want to squander it. So he does that Kobe Bryant mentality where it's just like, yeah. a waste a second. So I, I God, you're talking me into the home but 11 to one.
1: Shoot. It's the, the next step is the majors. Mike, thank you for saying quality show. I really appreciate that. Mike did a great thing here and he left his Twitter handle um, in the comments. If you do so, you can win a T-shirt tonight. I'm going to pick a few people to send a T-shirt. Stewie says, what number would you, will you bet homie? Homa? Stu, uh i would love a 14 to one i initially wanted 15 i'd take 14 i may end up just grabbing the 12 kind of okay. as the week goes on here Stu. okay um sorry chad this yeah. next range here in the middle you've got ludwig Oberg at 22 to one. Sung Jay, 22 to one. Jason Day, 25. Min Woo, 25. Finau, 28. Keegan Bradley is 31. And Sahith Tagala is 35 to one. Any name that kind of just, I know you haven't had been able to put a ton of research. You've been on a flight all day, coming back hungover from Vegas. But anyone that your eyes are drawn to.
0: Um, <clears throat> okay. So part of me wants to like think like, what's what's going on with Keegan's brain? Could could Keegan? Because Keegan likes it here. Yeah, he does. Uh, So second last year. Yes, and so what's up with him at thirty to one? Maybe I'll wait and see if that drifted. and maybe I'll go after him, like thinking that he left some on the table. But ultimately, Tony Finau, that kind of stands out to me. We saw Finau. Didn't he win in the fall, or was oh, I guess he topped back to back in the fall. It was the end of the summer or something that he won. So like he, and then here alone. I mean, he's got one, two, three, four, five top tens in his last seven here. Yeah, Tony Finau at the twenty-five. You could, you could, you know, like showed up this morning. He could be twelve because they just think they know something. The books just trying to get you to bet it, but he's twenty-five, so maybe that makes me like it more. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Finao is a no for me. He's been okay. really disastrous off the tee to go with the putter. He does have great course history here, which I would lean on. But the guy for me, and I had him um, ranked fifth this week in the power rankings, and I got a 28 to 1 this morning. He is now 25 to 1. There were some 30s out there, apparently, at a book that I don't have access to. But we are letting this man cook.
0: <laughs> no, we aren't. Minwoo?
1: Yeah. Minwoo the Lee. chef? Dude, uh, Minwoo was awesome last week at the Amex. T6 at the Zozo T9 at the Travelers. He won an event and finished third on the European Tour that was in Australia during the offseason as well. Um, absolute stud off the tee. When they finally put, when he records enough rounds to be recognized on mm-hmm. PGA Tour statistics, he's going to be one of the, Two or three longest players on the PGA tour. He was the longest guy in the field last week at the Amex, and that was with Cam Champ in the field. This was through f- the first two days. I think he was averaging 332 off the tee. Um, this place rewards guys who can hit it really far, and there is a technique that can be deployed that is very similar to what we saw um, of Bryson at Winged Foot, where the fairway percentage is going to be 50%. Let me hit it as far as I possibly can, because the odds are I'm going to miss the fairway anyways, and I might as well be 330 yards down there. Uh, I just love the trajectory that this player is on. I think that this is a great tournament for him to really put his foot on the gas and will accentuate the strengths that he has as a player. I 25 is about the bottom that i would really endorse it so if you do like it i would get it there before you see anything drop there are 20s at draftkings right now um i think everyone kind of scooped this up this morning but that's the guy for me that i'm most excited about to see this week
0: okay i could 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 you go back to uh your, your boy tagala or your boy cole or are we done i mean cole i guess doesn't fit as well as Tagala. i think they're both 30s
1: Yeah, I think the guy I would agree with you that the gala is probably a better fit, but what's not a good fit for Eric Cole, dude? (laughs) I looked at the course fit. So um Rick has a great course fit predictor basically on his website that will show who are the best players and who are the best course fits. Eric Cole was like number four on the list, like out Hmm. of nowhere. And I just think if you look at any data from the last 30 to 50 rounds, he's so good he's gonna pop pretty much anywhere you look Um, I can't get there this week I'm kind of out it wasn't a great Sunday I just think I gotta move on and click a new name this week Zalatoris is back at 50 to 1 he was in 55 excuse me he was in that playoff with Luke List he showed some signs of life particularly on the weekend Um, I really like Hideki what do mm-hmm. you think there
0: God, we're we're getting public hates Hideki number here yeah. now because nobody likes to click or bet Hideki. I just, well, we know it's because I guess when you said off the top that everyone misses three footers, that's why Luke List won this tournament at one point. I think that's Hideki's uh, going to get a little bit of boost in confidence there.
1: Yeah. What does Luke List do well? He stripes <laughs> it with his long irons and he's he's pretty good off the tee. Hideki's throughout his career is one of the best players with a five or a four iron, or a three wood, or a five wood in his hand on the PGA Tour. He gained, I believe, like 10 strokes on the weekend here last year. I don't know if you remember back, but he teed off really early on Sunday and was like something outrageous, like seven under through nine, where he had like tied the lead, and the leaders hadn't even teed off. He kind of fell Mm -hmm. back a little bit at the end, but still finished within the top 10. The Hawaii events were like sort of a mixed bag for him. He didn't put it great, but it was nice to see that he did gain like six strokes, ball striking at the Sony. That's the strength of him as a player. I think that that is what goes hand in hand with Tory Pines, particularly the South course and a 65 to one is, is just a number when the course fit is there for me. I'm probably always going to get
0: behind Hideki on. I mean, I mean, now you're talking me into him on DraftKings. What is he's priced on DraftKings? It's 8500 Like, easy. Yeah. Easy clip. All right. Uh, give me – you do your long shots on Rotoballer, don't you know
1: Yeah. Long shots video will be out tomorrow. Uh, reminder, short week. Like, us yeah. content boys are – this is the toughest week of the year, right? <laughs> right. We got to get out. I already lost yeah. half
0: a day in Vegas. Flying, you already
1: lost half a day flying from Vegas, hungover. But good to see you cracked another beer. That'll get the second win going. This does help. A little I'll bit. give you one long shot. Um, I took Michael Kim one hundred thirty-five to one.
0: What the hell? He's locked on this betting website I use, BetOnline.ag. He's got a lock next to his name. So what? did you put? Is your fault?
1: Did he withdraw?
0: No, it's just when they lock the guy, that means this odds aren't right or someone put too much money on him. So, like, whenever I see someone get locked on this. Okay, like Michael's, in on
1: Mike, Michael's in on Michael Kim. Love to I, see it. I, he is not withdrawn. I just checked Rob Bolton. Um, he's in the field. He was 135 to 1. It looks like now he's down to – where is he at? 125s are still out hmm, there. Okay. Uh, I think he finished 7th. Let me see if I can find his page here. Here he is, Mike Kim. I had him up seventh at the Amex. Michael Kim went from like a very short player off the tee and picked up a lot of distance. Um, (laughs) You look at those numbers, he's made six consecutive cuts, including a T5 and a T7 within that realm. Um, He's really good putter. He went to Torrey Pines High School, um, so he is a local player as well. I know you. I, I, I knew you, I knew that would perk you up with a good local narrative. Yeah, that's that makes my heart race. I knew it would. Um, yeah, Fran Millionaire, Michael Kim went to Torrey Pines High School. Thanks, Fran. Um, that's my guy. One thirty-five. I've got two more. I'm going to save those for tomorrow. But is there anyone that like any deep long shots that you? It's it's a tough week for those, but we've seen. 200 to 1,
0: 500
1: what? to 1, to 1 winners in the first three weeks of 2024. What do you got there, big guy?
0: Taylor Montgomery.
1: What's Taylor Montgomery? Let me see.
0: He's 90 on this side I have. Taylor okay, because because we were told about this time last year that, or maybe it was a little bit earlier, but he's There's supposed to be somebody. And if he can put all of the fa- – he's a, he's a little Cameron Champy where it, when it's going, it's going. But when it's bad, it's bad. So yeah. maybe he's more of DraftKings, but 90 to one. Long shot season. You digging that? Liam? You're yeah. In? Okay. I thought so. Yeah, Liam missed his dad. He was also he was happy. I get, he, I gotta go put him to bed, right? Liam? That's bed home. Time.
1: Liam, it's time to go to bed. Uh Chad, it's time to go to bed. To you as well yeah, thanks exactly. for joining me on the show um always a pleasure and honor to have you here we'll check
0: you out no dude thanks you keep going you doing great you, you have i've pa- you've taken the torch i didn't pass it to you but you took it and it, you've run with it i'm very proud of what you've accomplished and done with this little thing here and keep it going everybody subscribe hit the like button make sure you comment feed the algorithms for Joe I uh and then new, go to rotoballer use whatever promo code he needs you, need, you need
1: to use new new promo code new four dollars a month You hooligans. Anyone watching this show, give me $4 a month or give the Rotoballer team, and I will be greatly appreciative. Honored to have you on, man. Thank you for making time for me on a hectic day for you. Wish you the best with bedtime. I'll see you later, Liam. I'm out, buddy.
0: Bye. See you, Joe.
1: Thank you. See you, fellas. All right. Awesome dude to make some time there on a, on a certainly a rough week. I mentioned for the content guys, the PGA show is up next on the Roto baller stream. You can check them out over on YouTube. Byron and Spencer are going to be much more uh, deeply analytical than probably Chad and I were, but you know what? There's a voice for everybody. And I hope that uh, mine and Chad's was somewhat entertaining for you tonight. And I appreciate all you guys stopping along. Okay. Let's do a little brief. Final thoughts segment before we get out of here. And I wanted to kind of touch on a relevant, I guess, topic this week and with, you know, sort of not having as much time as we usually do to prepare these things. when we, we put a lot of time and effort and work into creating golf 10 each, each week. Um, you kind of feel like there isn't enough time in the day and like I remember this video or this movie growing up multiplicity and this guy, like always said, he couldn't complete all of his tasks in a day. So he made clones of himself, um, to do all these different things and make sure that he got everything done. We all feel this pressure that many times we don't feel like there is enough hours in a day to get everything done. And I think there, um, or it can be very stressful right having too much free time though also cannot always be the most positive thing so try to look on the bright side and take some positives from being super busy and having things to do there was a study in 2021 from the journal of uh, social psychology that found that they they did studies on 35,000 people and they found that more free time doesn't equal more happiness While it can be stressful to have a jam-packed day, having too much free time negatively impacts you and your mind and your purpose and your feelings of productivity, right? They found that you need roughly two hours a day of free time, but use it properly, family. Like Take notes, prioritize your stuff that you have to get done in the morning. And when you have that free time, Use it in a way that is mentally productive for you. Call an old friend, host a freaking YouTube podcast, work out, watch a movie with your wife. The easiest way to sort of trim the fat when you're looking for more time is stop doom scrolling like social media. And when you do that and you get stuck uh, scrolling down and reading stuff for hours a day and you wonder why it feel like you don't often have enough time, that can be a very helpful way to sort of trim the fat. I've talked before about my sort of thoughts on time. And it's this weird conundrum where everything can feel very short and very long. Like time flies, but it also doesn't fly in certain environments. Life is short. I feel like my son just turned seven years old. I don't know where the time has gone, but life is very long as well. Um, I've been here for 37 years. It feels like I've been on earth for a long ass time. So it is both. And depending on your environment and your mind, you can make time sort of work in your favor. I'm hoping that you all can choose to use your time wisely this week on a short week. I am genuinely and thankfully appreciative that you chose to spend an hour with me here tonight. I think that that is awesome. If you could take five seconds and subscribe to this YouTube channel, Um, I'd be very happy. Leave your name in the comments, your Twitter handle, so I'm going to choose a couple people. Send them some retro, original OG 2020 PL gear. As always, tell a friend about the show. Be thankful, be grateful for your life. I appreciate each and every one of you. Um, This has been the Preferred Lines program. I'll catch you all next week. Let's win one. I'm out of here. Good luck. Let's bang down Tory Pines. Peace out, fam.